0: Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, we are in part two of our current study. God's prophetic timeline, His calendar of last day's events. And today we're going to delve into the Feast of God, whereby we will be granted fuller understanding of how they are a foretype of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, and how they mark the calendar of God with guiding light to salvation's promise, which was accomplished with perfect love by the Savior of the world with the world spiraling at sonic speed toward the very last moments on earth and the prophetic word of God unfolds before our very eyes with dramatic current events reality. It is important for the people of God to remain steadied in the truth of His word that confirms our standing in Him as the blood-bought children of God while highlighting the sureness of His promises to us, which are yes and amen. And it is also very important to be informed about the tactics of the enemy as he works through his agents of darkness, as we have been providing through love's last call, in order to be protected from their persuasions and also to be quickened to how close we really are to the rapture of the Lord's true church with fervent readiness and service to him as his light and salt to a dark and a dying world. But as we continue on in that effort, we must all the more keep our main focus on His Word and those things that the Holy Spirit desires to impart to us as He continues to lead us into all truth. For by His unadulterated Word of Life, He has given us everything we need to know in order to be victorious, even in the midst of the many trials that are besieging us and to be aware of where we are on His prophetic calendar, which will keep us in that position of readiness. Our study on the Feast of God will therefore be of great value, for by way of reminder, it will paint a vivid picture of the glorious salvation of God that He has provided in His Son, and which we have become the most blessed recipients of as His born-again offspring knowing that our names are now written in heaven with the precious blood of the spotless Lamb of God, outweighs everything else that we may ever experience on this earth, both good or bad, because what awaits us in the very near future is of far more glory than we can even begin to imagine in our present finite minds. And as we give thought to that sacred wonderment, please allow me to glean from a commentary entitled, The Prophetic Fulfillment of the Seventh Feast of Israel by Jesus, where they write, One of the clearest indicators of the identity of Jesus as the true Messiah was his ability to fulfill every prophecy written of him with sacred precision. And part of that sacred and confirmed recognition can be witnessed in the Lord's Seventh Feast, which Israel was commanded to observe forever and which bridged the Old Testament's promise of His coming with the New Testament's confirmation that at the precise moment it was ordained for Him to arrive, He had come in glorious fulfillment of God's promise to save the world from sin's penalty of death. This fact defines the purpose of the seventh feast as far more significant than simply days to observe in remembrance of God. They present a divine layout of God's plan of salvation as a perfect foreshadowing of his completed work and the eternal life that can only be granted by the one who is the way, the truth, and the life and who alone could fulfill its holy mandate. When Jesus arrived on the earth, he made a special point of inserting himself into each of these feasts, thereby defining what their true purpose was. We learn of the seventh feast of the Lord in Leviticus twenty-three one to two, where it is written, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be a holy convocation. These are my feast. The seven feasts of the Lord are Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, trumpets atonement and tabernacles. It is not by accident that there are seven feasts, for seven is a holy and perfect number in God's spiritual realm, and means fullness and completeness. When Jesus came into the world the first time, he perfectly fulfilled the first four, the spring feast, on the precise day that they were to be fulfilled and with the exact requirement that each of these feasts demanded. In Matthew 21, 4, it is written, All this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. And as we look to Passover, the first feast that the Lord God instituted, and which Jesus fulfilled with divine precision, Exodus chapter 12 defines the details of the prophecy of the Passover lamb, and the following list will mark each one. First, the lamb had to be spotless and without blemish. In Hebrews 4.15, the Apostle Paul gives witness to the spotless lamb of God. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And in 1 Peter 1, 18-19, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Second, the Passover lamb was to be chosen and set apart on the 10th of Nisan. In Exodus twelve three, it is written, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, which was the month of Nisan, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Imperfect, prophetic timeline accuracy, recognition of Jesus Christ, the Messiah of God, as his spotless lamb, was made on the tenth of Nisan, as he rode down the streets of Jerusalem on a colt. This was also a fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9, where it is also written, Your King is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is He, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. In Mark chapter 11 and verses 7 to 10, the prophecy fulfillment of both Exodus 12.3 and Zechariah 9.9 is recorded. They brought the colt to Jesus and put their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches, which they had cut from the fields. And those who went in front and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! Third, the Lamb was to be sacrificed on the fourteenth day of the month. In Exodus 12.6, we learn that it was mandated that the Lamb, one without spot or blemish, was to be sacrificed on the fourteenth day of the month of Nisan, and in dramatic confirmation, and once again with the divine precision of God's prophetic calendar timeline. Lord Jesus the Christ, our awesome Savior and Lord, was crucified as the spotless Lamb of God on the 14th day of Nisan. Only by the miraculous intention and divine orchestration of God himself could this have occurred. It is beyond any possibility of coincidence or happenstance. Fourth, the Lamb would be killed at twilight. In Exodus twelve six it is written, Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Again, in dramatic and heart stirring fulfillment, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah, was crucified at twilight. In Matthew twenty seven forty six we read And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying Eli, Eli, lama sapachthani, that is, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? While he shed his holy, perfect, and sinless blood, our beloved Savior had to experience the Father turning away from the sin he bore on our behalf. Every sin that had ever been committed until then, or would be yet future, Jesus bore with agonizing love so that we would live and not die. He took our deserved punishment of sin's death upon himself. I cannot think about that without falling prostrate at his feet and weeping with forever gratitude. Fifth, the blood of the Lamb must be on your own house. In Exodus twelve seven, we read that, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Every man and woman must choose for themselves whether they will accept or reject God's gift of amazing grace that is offered in the shed blood of the Lamb of God. Eternal life salvation mandates that you must personally receive Jesus as your Savior. In Romans 10.9 it is written, For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That belief is far more than just intellectually agreeing that Jesus is Lord, for even the demons recognize this divine reality and shudder. Genuine faith is a living force that ignites within the truly repentant heart of a man or woman. And produces the miracle of new birth regeneration, whereby they become a new creation in Him, and a forever citizen of His glorious kingdom of love, light, and eternal life. And this is where we must pause for now, beloved. In our next segment, we'll pick up where we left off today. And until then, I leave you with the words of Jehovah in Psalm 32 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go I will counsel you with my loving eye upon you and as always beloved I bid you his agape You've been listening to Love's last call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries If you have a prayer request please contact us at Agape Light Ministries P.O. Box 6313 Chesterfield, Missouri 63006 or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com